0: Love it. Uh, if you have a Bible, turn in your Bible to Habakkuk 1-5. You need to back up to Habakkuk, alright? That's what you need to do. Habakkuk, I'm sure everybody's been reading Habakkuk for the past few months, I'm sure. Um, very obscure passage. Um, Habakkuk one You know, I just said that I'm excited to be here today um, and what God's doing. Uh, How many of you are... Don't put that up there yet, Lana. We don't need to see that just yet. Um, How many of you guys are excited right now about something in your life? Just give it to me right now. Just holler at me. That's what I'm talking about, right? There's like three of us, man. And maybe by the end of this, we're going to be excited about what God's doing in our life. I think that there's a lot of reasons why we should be excited. If you don't follow Jesus... I think you can be excited still because you can be excited that you woke up on the right side of the ground today, you're breathing, and you have the ability to get out there and to experience a beautifully humid and hot day and allow that sunshine to beat on your body and maybe even burn you, right? You could be excited about being alive even if you don't follow God. But I also think that if you do follow Jesus you have a lot of reasons to be excited. You know, before Jesus came onto the scene, people were wondering where their hope was going to come from, where their salvation was going to come from. I mean, it had been promised for years, hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so as we have Jesus as our focus, and as we sing songs like Do It Again in this place, we can be excited but a lot of times, you know, there's like, hey, are you excited? I get like the two or three, yeah. But then there's also some of us who maybe could be accused of being a little bit nearsighted. Meaning that you kind of only see what's in front of you. That the, the situation that you're in that isn't great or the, the struggle that you're trying to beat is in your face Or the person that drives you crazy is the person that you rode here today with. And you can only see right here. Has anybody been there? This could be bills. This could be relationships. It could be health. It could be all kinds of stuff. It's nearsighted. And what we can do is we can become very, what they say is, myopic, which is like we only see through one lens it's our lens and everything in the world is all about us and we can only think about why is it happening to me and what is it gonna happen and how can I get out of this and how can I pay off this bill and how can I get out of this relationship or how can I fix my family, how can I fix my job, how can I do all of these things? And then inevitably what ends up happening when we're nearsighted, we end up complaining nobody in this room though of course because when we see everything and that's all we see we only see that it's all the struggle it's we wake up with it we go to bed with it we struggle we see it it's all we see it's nearsightedness to the nth degree and what do we what do we naturally do as humans we complain And we hope that we can find someone that we can cry on their shoulder and we can complain to them and let them know and just be all kind of mad about it. But in reality, if we woke up and we took the blinders off, we actually have something to be excited about. Has anybody just, I mean, has anybody been there before? I think that the reason why we get together every week is because we need to be reminded that we have something to be excited about. Because it seems like life beats us down for six days. And then we finally need to come back together as a community and be reminded. And hopefully we're developing habits in our life where we're actually going and we're getting our tank filled on our own every morning or every evening. or both and reminding ourselves that we have something to be excited about. Are you guys with me on that? And so... Let's just kind of see, like if in the Old Testament we can see something that Habakkuk had said in his writings. And so if you're in Habakkuk 1.5, this is what it says. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told... Look at the nations and watch and be what? Utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days, in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Now, face value, verse 5, reading that, how many of you say, that is a verse of hope, man? This is awesome, right? I want God to do something unbelievable in my days. Are you down? I want to see God do something unbelievable, something that we wouldn't believe even if we were told. And so as we look at this verse, um, I want you to uh, just kind of stretch out a second because we're going to now turn in a a minute or two, we're going to turn to Acts 13. Now keep your finger in Habakkuk 1. But we're going to turn to Acts 13, all right? But before we read from Acts 13, what I want you to do is I want you to stretch it out. I want you to stand up. I want you to greet someone, say hello. And I want you to ask this question, what are you excited about, all right? Come back in just a couple minutes. Um, Excitement is a good thing. Uh, Maybe you guys don't know, but we're baptizing five people today. And so... Super excited. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, water temperature is probably like 65, 70, somewhere in there, I don't know. Um, Yeah, so that's happening. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, So part of boot camp, we, uh, these students, about 50 students or so, experienced being kidnapped the first night and going to a camp um, in Crown Point, Indiana, and then participated in small groups, experienced a various amount of speakers, like Carrie's dad, Rich, like Pastor Steve Trollio, um, like Greg Rodriguez, like our very own Jen Meyer. Um, Kirk Kirk was was amazing around the campfire Wednesday night. Just a blast. Um, They did workshops. And so the workshops, you see the result of the workshops. This artwork right here is um, hand-painted by all of our students and looks pretty darn good doesn't it that is so so good somebody said that they would actually want some of that hanging up in their home and that they'd buy it hey man i'm open to talking let's just talk right now right i i mean kids i'm students right i mean we'll sell it right for jesus let's do it so um <laughs> okay yeah we will but this is pretty sweet right um, some of the things you can't see that they did, they, uh, they went out to Chicago Heights and took an archery workshop. They went out to Goodenough Grove, the Plum Creek Nature Preserve, and they actually went out on a hike and learned about nature and about how to be more green, and it was really cool. Um, they did uh, an art, well, art class, and they did a music class, or music workshop, where they wrote timeouts just for one second. Everyone say timeout. They wrote three original songs. And I'll just say every student is not musical, and some of them, like, it was rough, you know, because they were just like, really? Like, I I can't carry a note in a bucket, you know, but all right, here we go. You were a part of that stuff too, all right? And guess what? In the near future, we're going to hear some of those songs, and I'm going to tell you right now, they're good. Um, uh, And to see, like, the, and I was teaching a workshop on Bible um, where we figured some things out, and we also had a bread-making workshop. Where they made bread and cinnamon rolls, and yeah, and that, they were very happy about that. But we did Bible, and that was my workshop. And I told like the first few workshops kids, I was like, "Look, Bible is going to be your least favorite, most boring workshop. You're not going to like it." And and it come to find out that we just had a blast, didn't we? We just had a blast. And we looked up this passage, which was our theme verse for the boot camp the entire week. It just so happens that that verse is Habakkuk 1.5. And so what I'm doing today is I'm taking what the students developed over those six workshops, and I'm presenting it to you, and I think I might get a couple of them to help me but I don't know. Students are afraid of the mic. Um, but I want to show you a couple of pictures. What we did is we, we talked about context of scripture, and we talked about um, understanding what, what a book is. Is it a letter? Is it, um, is it a historical book? Is it, is it um, Leviticus, you know, don't touch dead bodies? We talked about all that stuff. And these are the notes that we came up with about Habakkuk 1.5. Now, Naomi, can you come up here and share? Because this is just good. Because the very first workshop, Naomi was in here, and I wanted her to tell you kind of like what happened because this really set the course for our message today. And so, um, so you're sitting there, yeah. So you're sitting there as we're doing this workshop in the very first one, and you're like, wait a minute. And then pick it up from there.
1: So I'm a, I've been a part of um, Teen Bible Quiz at Stone Church for you know, a very long time. And in it, we memorize scripture. And a few years ago, I memorized Acts 13, like in its entirety. And so when I heard Habakkuk 1-5, I was like, sounds familiar. And I looked it up in Acts and it's repeated. And it's Paul talking to...
0: Religious the, leaders, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: and. He used it as
0: an example. So, so, well, time out. Put that back. So, Acts. Look at Acts 13, verse 41. Verse 41. And Emily's going to read it. It'll be on the screen. I think.
1: I have it memorized.
0: Oh well, then don't even look up there. All right. Go ahead.
1: Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you.
0: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> So, all right, thank you very much. Very good. Oh, by the way, Naomi's getting baptized today. Um, yes. <laughs> if it's your first time here, I'm not even apologizing. Okay, so, so here's the thing. So there's a footnote in your Bible, all right, at Acts 13, 41. It's either a letter or a number. If you go down to the bottom, it'll say like Hab 1-5, which stands for Habakkuk one 5. So what we did is we talked about why would Paul, so why would Paul quote Habakkuk 1. five in Acts to the people that he's talking to? Um, Kaylee, come up here real quick. So I was just wanting us to try, can you just, I know you don't know what, you know where I'm going, but like how do we know what Paul was? What, how do we know? Like, what? Why would Paul say that? We have to read.
2: Oh, okay. So you can't take a verse just out of its context. You have to read before or after it. So if you actually read the parts before, like Habakkuk one through four, it's actually Habakkuk complaining, and then the response is like the ans- like Habakkuk one through f- or one and five or whatever. And so, if you read that, it's uh, Paul saying that like you can't keep complaining.
0: Actually, go. We have the verse. We have Acts 13:40, okay. and we went to Acts the, just the next, the verse before this one. So, go ahead, next slide, and just read that top part. You got this.
2: Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe even if someone told you
0: so what we know is that Paul is saying this to them and it's a it's a warning yes
2: yes it's a warning
0: and so what was the what was the what was the vibe among the students at that point we were like why is it a warning yeah
2: everyone was kind of confused because Joe kind of did what he did to all of you and just read just read the first part like the good part but then we all went back and we were like oh he was warning all of us.
0: Cool. All right. Thank you, Kaylee. Give it up for Kaylee. So, so she kind of unpacked it a little bit. So Paul's actually quoting Habakkuk 1.5 as a warning. Okay. So that, like she said, then we're like, well, wait a minute. Wait, maybe we pulled a, a scripture and just went willy-nilly with it. Let's go back and actually read what's, what it's all about. So she's right. Habakkuk complains in the first four verses, and he's like, look, man, you're making me look to God, you're making making me look at injustice. The law is paralyzed. People are doing, Israel's not okay, God. What, how long am I going to have to look at this? How long are you going to do this to me? How long are you going to do this to us? And then Habakkuk 1.5, look at the nations. Watch what I'm about to do because you wouldn't even believe it, even if you were told. And if we continue to read, not only Habakkuk 1.5, but if you continue, if you have your finger there, back up to Habakkuk, and um, you get to to Habakkuk 1.5, read 1.6 through 11. Let's go ahead and read that. We've got those slides, but you read it there in your scriptures as well. It says this, I'm going to do something amazing. You wouldn't even believe. What is he doing? I am raising up the Babylonians, the Babylonians. That ruthless, who are they? Ruthless and impetuous people. They sweep across the whole earth. They seize, their, they seize dwellings that are not their own. Who else are these guys? They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves, and they promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong, Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at fortified cities. And they build fortnight earthen ramps that they capture them with. Some of you will get that later. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on, guilty people whose own strength is their God. Before you greeted the person next to you, Habakkuk 1.5 sounded like a great theme verse for a student boot camp. Behold, look at what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something amazing in your days, and even if you were told, you wouldn't believe it. But then we read Acts, and we realize that Paul quotes it as a warning, which makes us go back and say, maybe we need to reread a little bit. And we realize that what it is is that God's going to do is he is going to discipline the Israelites with a more wicked nation than they are. Now, Israel is not okay, right, students? Israel is not okay. And that's why Habakkuk is upset. He's looking at injustice. There's records of even um, sacrificing babies and there's all kinds of stuff that are happening with children and all that. And it is not okay. And God is saying, I am going to do something. Watch this, Habakkuk. I am going to take a more wicked nation, the Babylonians, and I'm going to teach Israel their way back to God and the way back to me. And it's a big deal, right? You think about this. You think about... um, the, that God would use something more wicked, something that seems to be unjust. And this is Habakkuk's complaint. He, you know, he goes on throughout Habakkuk. He's like, I don't understand how you could use a more wicked nation to teach us about you and to bring you back. And so we kind of related it because here's the thing. When you say, okay, well, let's just go ahead and apply that real quick, students. How do we do that? Because guess what? Um, I'm looking around and I didn't greet a Babylonian this morning. No Babylonians, so I'm good. Habakkuk 1.5, minor prophet for a reason. Obscure passage for a reason. I don't need to read that. Hmm. But Paul brings it up in Acts. Paul brings it up in Acts. And to kind of relate that to us, we kind of talked about this, and you guys might not like it, but hey, man, if it's not hard, we don't do it. But But I said, hey, you know what? Imagine... Imagine, put yourself in Habakkuk's shoes. And I think I I even called on Olivia that day, and I said, Olivia, imagine that after church today, you go home, and a bunch of people raid your house, and they take your mom, your dad, they take Titus, and they take Toby and you, and they rip you out of their house, they take you to another country, and they put you to work as a slave until the day you die. That's what God's saying. Judgment was coming. Students are like, whoa, that's a little... God, that escalated quite quickly, Joe. But if we can get inside the story for a second, we have to ask ourselves, why then would Paul quote that verse to the people he's talking to? That he's trying to win to the Lord. Well, the students, actually. The students started to unpack that and started to apply that, and they have a lot of really, really great thoughts about it. I mean, you can think about the fact that, man, how many of us have... Uh, a Babylonian in our life, maybe not a Babylonian, but you know what I'm saying? That we've got some stuff. That we've got some struggles. We've got some things in our life maybe that we've done or that we are in the middle of right now that are not okay. I think part of the word to us today is that God can use anything to bring you back to him. In the case of Israel, it was a more wicked nation than them. In your case, it could be some struggle, some bad thing that either you did or that happened to you. If you allow it, God will use that to bring you back to him. But you have to open yourself up to that. You have to listen to what Paul's saying and say, don't let take care, he says. And don't let what the prophet said happen to you. I mean, in essence, what he's saying is that, you know, there, in, in a lot of ways, there are a lot of things in our lives that are tough. And maybe you're like, you know what? I don't feel like I have a great story about how down in the dumps I was and how Jesus lifted me up out of the pit and how I, I mean, I was never in a pit. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen a pit. I don't, I'm not in any miry clay. I haven't done, I don't, there's just, I I'm, I'm, seem to be okay. My testimony is like, hey, I, I just, I'm kind of here. I'm kind of checking the box off and going to church and all that. And that's all good and stuff. But maybe what Paul's saying is, don't let me go to, what are you saying to the Jews? He's saying, don't let me go to the Gentiles. The Babylonians in their eyes. The Babylonians were garbage, dirt. The Gentiles to the Jews were outcasts. They were not the chosen people. And Paul's saying, hey, you know what? Don't let what happened to the the, the, the prophet said happen to you. Don't let don't don't have me go to the Gentiles and preach Jesus to them and then have them lead you to God. What's he saying? Come to God now. Come to God now don't wait. And so maybe you're kind of sitting here, and it's like, hey, things are good. Things are good. Like, hey, you know what? I feel good. I went to church today and all that stuff. You don't have to wait to give your heart to Jesus. You don't have to wait to, for that bad, horrible, debilitating thing to happen. But you can come to Jesus now Habakkuk was crying out for salvation. He was crying out for Jesus and didn't know it. And here you guys are, and you have it, but you're not moving towards him. You're waiting. You're waiting. I don't know what for. We literally, we sat at one of the workshops. I forget, man. There's six of them. We actually said, okay, so here's what Paul's saying. You can wait, and you can ignore and you can become like Israel and what the prophet said to them. But he says, don't let that happen. Or you could come to Jesus now. And when you set those two things in front of some students who are 7th grade to 12th grade and you tell them, you say, okay, so Paul is literally saying, you can wait for a really bad thing to happen. You can wait for a really unexpected odd way for God to have to reach you and to bring you to God. Or you can just come to God now and walk through life's storms and trials with Jesus. And I said to to them, just use your logic. Which choice makes more sense? Well, all of them said, come to Jesus now. All of them are like, just come to Jesus now. And we have five examples of people who are saying, I'm just going to go to Jesus right now. And they've made a choice to follow Jesus. And the simple thing that they're doing here is simply just showing all of us they're all in by going under the water. We, uh, we talked about, I don't know, Thursday maybe, Thursday morning, we were talking about how there are parts of Scripture that we love to read. We were particularly reading Romans 6. And Romans 6 talks about baptism. It talks about how we've been baptized with Christ and that we've been, experienced his death through baptism. And I read all of those things. And, and as I read those things, I, ta- I told them, I said, like the first part of it is like, hey, we are a holy people. We are, we are no longer living in sin. We are no longer a slave to sin because we've been baptized with Christ. And as he died and was buried, so were we in the waters. And when we come up out, he empowers us to live a new life. And I said, time out, students. I said, the first part of it, we all love, and that's all true of us. But some of you, Romans 6 doesn't apply because you've not chosen to be baptized. And that's your choice. It's not a salvation issue. It's an outward expression, we believe here, of something that God has done. But I said, I really believe that God wants you to be able to take all of Scripture just like that Romans 6 passage and be able to own it. And to say, yep, that, that Scripture, I was baptized with Christ. And I was immersed. And I came up a new person. And so we talked about the fact that you can ignore the Lord. I think the way that we said it was, If the Lord is ignored, His presence can't take residence. You'll be here today, and I will guarantee you in just the next few minutes, in about two minutes, we're going to start baptisms. You can be here today, and you can be like, man, leave here and be like, that was amazing. I felt God there. Like he was all around. These students were excited. These people are getting baptized. It was amazing. I felt God here, and that is awesome, and I hope you leave saying that. But you can go beyond just feeling God around you, and you can have God in here. Where when you leave, you can live and lead a new life. Where you no longer live in sin. Are you going to screw up, students? You're going to screw up, but you don't live in it. You're not a slave to it. You are quick to go back to your leader and your forgiver and say, I need help with that. That's not who I am. Can we work on that together? You can actually not just feel God around you, but you can feel God inside you and know that he is with you. If the Lord is ignored, his presence can't take residence. You'll feel him, but he won't be living inside you until you surrender. And so we've got some of these students. So here's who's getting baptized. In this order, Naomi, <clears throat> Faith Marquart, Cindy Doty, Woo! Big Al Bince, and number five is Joshua Bussett. So, I hope that today what you see is that Habakkuk 1.5, reading it by itself, interesting, exciting, but as we unpack it and we exegete that passage and we start to understand how it is and what it is, we understand that it's actually something that drives much more towards um, what God has for us, which is um, a new life in him, and we're about to see some folks do that. So, here's how it works. Um, Lots of cool things. Josh is going to play the Tingleys. And um, we're gonna have those students and Al come up and we're going to baptize them. You're gonna get to hear from them for a second. I'm gonna ask them why are they wanting to get baptized. We have all of our clubhouse kids joining us for this. So um, let's welcome them back into the room. And after you hear from them, we're gonna go ahead and have them get in the water and then, then I'm going to um, pray with them for them and then I'm going to baptize them and then I hold them under water until all the sin is out and then we bring them out of the water some of them will be under longer than others Um, and when they come up out of the water is when we go crazy in the best of ways so um, let's go ahead and uh, yeah let's have Naomi come on up and uh, we'll get this thing going Alright, so the question really is, why are you wanting to get baptized today?
1: Well, I've already been baptized um, before when I was 11, but for the past couple of years, I've really been feeling like now, because I've, I've graduated high school and I'm entering into adulthood, I feel like now is really the time to make a public affirmation that I'm, I'm not going to run away from my faith, that I'm going to continue living my life for Christ. And that's it.
0: All right. How is it? not Not too bad? All right, watch it. It drops down there. Father, I thank you for Naomi's life. We thank you for her public declaration of her faith in you. Lord, we just pray a blessing upon her life. We pray that the, the direction, the trajectory that she is setting for her life right now, Lord, it will always be towards you. Lord, that as she comes up out of the water, she's no longer a slave. She's no longer living in sin. But Lord God, she is living for you. Her identity is defined by you. Nothing she does, nothing she says defines her, but Lord God, you define her. So Lord, I pray that as she goes under the water, Lord God, that she would release everything to you, and as she comes out, God, that she would breathe in the new life that she is going to be able to live. Lord, I pray you would empower her by your spirit. In Jesus' name. All right, Naomi Chaya like that. If you want to plug your nose, you can. Because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do you want to get baptized today?
2: Uh, I want to get baptized because I just like really want to, Okay. I already have been baptized, just like Naomi, and I was really little and I didn't really understand it. And now that I do understand it, I want to just like proclaim my faith and just show that I want to stick to this track that I'm on and just like live for the Lord.
0: Lord, I thank you for my niece. I thank you for her life and for her faith in you. Lord, we pray right now as a community and we stand behind her as she begins um, a serious faith, not a casual faith, but a serious faith where she's going to follow after you every moment of her life. Lord, she's going to stumble. And when she stumbles, she's going to run back to you because you are now, Lord God, you're her leader and forgiver. So Lord, we pray a blessing and favor, open doors in her future, Lord God. And I pray, God, that you would um, fill her with your spirit and allow her to live for you all of her days. Lord, may her name be her story. May her name be what she's known for, faith. So faith, Mark, because of your profession of faith in Jesus. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: might cry. But they're nervous and exciting. Tears. So the reason why I'm getting baptized is I feel like God has been pushing me towards to take the next step. And this is my path. And really this entire week I've been crying. I didn't know what what it was. And then Joe talked about being baptized. I'm like, okay, maybe this is my next step. And then so I'm deciding to get baptized today because... I don't
0: know,
2: (laughs) but I'm getting baptized.
0: Lord, I thank you for Cindy Doty. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her sweet spirit. As we prayed, Lord, as we prayed this week together and Lord, she invited you into her heart officially, Lord. I believe that she was saved a while ago, but Lord, she just wanted to just know. She wanted to pray and Lord, we prayed and Lord, I thank you for that. May she always remember that prayer. May she always remember that night. May she always know that Lord, that you have called her from darkness into light and Lord, that you will be with her all of her days. Lord, she will be quick to run to you when she needs you and she will live for you. And Lord, we pray a blessing and favor and open doors in her future. Lord, may many come to her with trouble and with anxiety and may she lead them to you. May many people be led to the kingdom of God because of her life. Lord, her story is special. And so Lord, we celebrate this new step with her. Cindy Doty, because of your profession of faith in Jesus. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, Al, why do you want to get baptized today?
2: Well, I want to be closer to Jesus. And I promised my wife, Vicki, that I would be baptized when I saw her get baptized. And it was the happiest day of her life. So... um, I feel closer to Jesus and and my wife.
0: Awesome, man. All right, let's do this. Let's do it. Every generation, Lord, finding their way back to God, and we just thank you right now for Al's life, for Big Al, Lord God, and his his faith. Lord God, it drives her on his own. Sometimes no one knows where he's at. He's at church. (laughs) And Lord, he loves you. He loves you. And so, Lord, I thank you for his faith in you. Lord, we pray a blessing, Lord God, that his faith would be multiplied, that he would, he would continue to live a legacy of faith for his grandkids and for his kids. And, Lord, that they would, when they see him, they would think, you know, Dad, he loves the Lord. He loves the Lord. And so God, we just ask that you would bless him, that you would give him favor, that you would continue to bring people to him and let him be a blessing to others. And Lord, that as he comes up out of the water, Lord, that would be a symbol of the new life that he has in you. Lord, we thank you for Big Al today. We thank you for allowing him and bringing him here to be a part of the community here at Second Place. Lord, we just thank you, God, for him. All right, Big Al, because of your faith in Jesus, I now baptize you in the name of Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Josh Busset, yes. Give it to us, man. Why do you want to be baptized, man?
3: It's like seven to eight years ago. My friend, <sighs> Kari, got baptized in an older church. And from that church, I dealt with a lot of bitterness and anger. And um, after he got baptized, my dad asked me if I wanted to, and I told him no because I was angry at God because of some things that happened in my past from that church or what, whatever you know. And uh, fast forward two years ago, I got dragged here. <laughs> <laughs> and and like all that anger was healed completely this past week my heart like I literally asked God to heal my heart completely and he did and he not only did that but he answered prayers that I was expecting and He gave me, like, oh, he gave me friends, man. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody, youth, they're like my family. I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve to be loved. I don't. I don't deserve to have these people in my life who just put up with me for 2 years, you know. And like God has really used them and I'm so I, I'm so thankful like, because of all of you. I know that God is real because of the love that you guys have shown a stranger who pulled up a tree 2 years ago. Like I would I would have not have hung out with me, you know. And um yeah, and Joe said when he was talking about baptism, he said sometimes that like when we feel stuck in something or like in our lives That means we have to go back and do what God told us to do, the last thing that God told us to do. And baptism was it. That's the last thing that God told me to do. And yeah. Let's let's do this.
0: (laughs) All right. So. Josh Josh has a couple of friends here. I asked him how many bags of ice he'd like in the water. So we've got two and a half bags of ice, bro. You Let it go. Serious? I'm serious. Let's go, man. I want your soul to be refreshed, man. I want it to be refreshed in all ways. Don't get in yet. Feel the full brunt. Let's go. Pour it in there. Let's go, man. Let's go. We're not kidding. Let's do it. You're going to remember this one, man. I don't want you to forget it. I mean... The dark, the darkness you came out of, you know. There you go. All of your friends. These are your friends, man. (laughs) Let's go, bro. Oh
3: yeah. You're so weird. Why would you do this? My face is gonna be cold.
0: it's not hard we don't do it man. All right. <laughs> Heavenly Father I thank you for Joshua's life. God you have called this man out of darkness and into light. You have healed him of bitterness and anger and hurt and you've surrounded him with a community of friends. God I pray that right now that as he goes under this cold water Lord that he would remember every second of it. Lord that he would come out a new man and ready to live for you Lord, as he's already begun, but Lord, that you would just set him so much. Your, and Lord, that you would give him favor and blessing and open doors in his life for the acting and the, and the desires of his heart that he wants to do. Lord, I know that you'll use him to reach many for you. So God, we bless him, Lord God, in your name. Joshua Bassett, because of your faith in Jesus, and I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna, uh, we're just gonna pray uh, pray it out here real quick. Um, We've got some folks that are, this is their last Sunday here, and they're gonna be um, heading out to school or or other places. So I'm gonna ask Jamara Richardson to come on up, um, wherever she might be. Another one of our students going off to college. This is her last Sunday with us. Yeah, you can come up here, that's cool. All right. Austin, wherever you're at. Come on up here, man, I don't know where you're at, but there you are. And I I want Keaton to come out here, but then we got no drums then, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you gotta do it. I mean, he's gotta come out here, right? But you can like keep a beat with that, right? Okay, cool, so Keaton's coming out. Um, Anybody else that's not afraid to get on stage? Uh, (laughs) That this is your last Sunday for a little while? College, else, other things? So where are you going?
1: Going to Knox College in Gillsburg, Illinois.
0: And and what are you going to be studying?
1: Psychology.
0: Awesome. Austin, tell us, man, where are you headed? Uh, Let's see. Uh, This Saturday, I moved to Dallas, Dallas, Texas to go and get my master's in theology down there. i 'm um, heading back down south about two hours to uh, Lincoln to start my third year of business school so all right let 's just pray for these these awesome people man, and we have, they have just been such a blessing to us all of them so Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jamara and for Austin and for Keaton, Lord God. I thank you, God, for what they have brought to this community, Lord God. I thank you for Jamara's smiling face and her uplifting spirit that she brings into a room, Lord God. And I thank you for um, those projects we got to work on a little while ago that was just rough. But, Lord, you saw her through that, Lord God. And she it has got so much of a future ahead of her, Lord God. And I know that you are going with her. We pray a blessing upon her as she studies psychology, Lord God. May she find a community at college, Lord God, that would allow her to increase in her faith and grow and continue to reach out and to love you and love others well. And Lord, we thank you for Austin, Lord God, for his heart, for students and for ministry. Lord God, for like literally... Morphing his career into ministry. And Lord, we pray a blessing upon him as he goes to Dallas, Lord God. May he just be a sponge as he goes there, Lord God, and and come back a changed man and ready to change the world. And may he change it while he's there in Dallas. And for Keaton, Lord God, I pray, I praise you, Lord God, for his life, for his crazy personality and the drums and this is heart for others, Lord God, and to always lend a hand. We pray, God, that you would be with him as he goes to Lincoln, Lord God, and is going to be playing sports and studying business. Lord, we pray a blessing upon him. May all three of these come back changed and ready to go, Lord God, wherever you may call them, Lord. We pray that you would keep them safe and that you would keep them close to you and in a community that would help them grow. May they lead well and may they lead others to you as they go. And Lord, as we go today, we thank you, God, for the excitement that is in the air. Lord God, it's because of you. Habakkuk didn't know you, but Lord Jesus, we have you, and we've celebrated you today. We thank you for Naomi and Faith and Cindy and Big Al and Joshua. And Lord, we pray that those examples to us would be an example to not wait on you, but Lord God, to go after you, to not wait for some situation, to not wait for our feelings to be in the right spot. The Lord, just to pursue you, Lord God. And this week, may we be light in dark places as we go. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you very soon.